For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Believe in Buckeyes with Brian Brownie and Chimdy Chekwell. We got a great one for you guys today. Camp is over. Camp is over. We had a big press conference from uh, our leaders, offensive head coach, defense coach. So we're going to dive into that and say our opinion. And once again, this is Believe in Buckeyes. Chimdy, going to kick us off with the ad. Yeah, let me hit you with the bet online. So bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting, your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up uh, today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for your fifty percent welcome bonus. On your first deposit, bet online where the game starts. Uh, yes, and if you're having any issues with gambling, feel free to reach out to 1-800-GAMBLER. They're there 24-7 to assist you if you're having any problems in that area. Uh, but like I say, camp is over. And so today, Coach Coach Day and Coach uh, Jim Knows uh, met with the press. Uh, they met with him for a while. Met with him for a while. Essentially, at the end of camp, obviously, you know, we still got a couple weekends. I think we got like 12 games to 12 days until the first game. Uh, but at the end of camp, you just kind of want to, you know, go over things. You know, we had a lot of competition in a lot of areas. What did we see? Did we make any decisions? Did we not make any decisions? And we got all those things uh, from Coach Day today. And also, Jim Knowles spoke on that as well. So, first off, let's kind of name off things so we can kind of say where things are at. Our last several show was about a lot of competition. So, first off, at the quarterback position, no decision was made. Coach Day stated uh, that both Devin Brown and Kyle McCord are still in that position of fighting for that starting spot, and they would take that to week one. So, that's what he stated in case, you know, unless something happens. Uh, on the offensive line, we had a lot of competition around the offensive tackle position. But the left tackle position, the number one guy off the bench, the guy we'll see out there first is most likely at this time, Jimmy Simmons. That's the transfer coming in out of San Diego State. A lot of experience playing on the right side of the ball. But as we saw, we spoke about last episode, we saw him at the left side. He looked very comfortable there. He'll be the number one guy there. At the center position, Carson Hensman would be the first guy off the bench. Coach Day did kind of stage a little bit of competition still going on between him and Victor Cutler. But right now, it's Hensman's position to lose. And at the right tackle position, they're going with Josh Fryer. That's the most experienced guy when it comes to the tackle position for Ohio State. He solidified that right tackle position. Uh, so he, we most likely will see him at that spot. Uh, we also had some competition around the defensive backs. And really, Coach Knowles spoke about that. All he really wanted to say when it came to the safeties was that Sonny Styles had done enough to earn that starter spot. He called it. Basically, say I hear think of a name for the role, but more or less kind of like a sound linebacker, strong safety type of role there. Caught him, maybe you go with the name striker. Latham Ransom also solidified his spot as well. Still competition at that third safety spot that Jim knows having his defense between Jahai Carter, uh, who I guess was been facing injuries in camp, Josh Proctor, and Malik Harrison. 
He did have very positive things to say about Malik Harrison, speaking about his presence being on the field and what he brought there from that position. Um, but that's what the, how the competition kind of laid out of camp. Obviously, a lot of other positions, there's a lot of depth there. But those are the ones we want to kind of highlight because that's what we've been kind of tracking throughout this camp. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, you look at it, I think from Jim Knowles' standpoint, from a defensive standpoint, it's a, it's a safety-driven defense. They play with three yeah. safeties. Um, and they got a lot of guys to put in those positions. You got Lathan Ransom. You got Josh Proctor. That's a name um, I don't know if a lot of people are familiar with, but, you know, coming in as a as a true freshman, um, he, he flashed a lot. He was a guy that everybody expected to be able to emerge as one of the next great safeties. He had battled some injuries. Um, so he's he's been able to throw his hat in the ring to compete for that starting spot. Jahai Carter, a guy who played great at Syracuse, played in the same type of defense that Jim knows. Uh, is has brought to the Buckeyes. Um, he's battling some injuries, so you know that's that's some challenges there. But there's a lot of depth at that position, so you know they they look good really at across positions. Really, they look good <laughs> with a lot of depth, a lot of veteran guys. Uh, the, a good two deep. Look at the linebacker position with Tommy Eichenberg. They still got a guy in CJ Hicks who's a highly touted guy coming in. Everybody, Buckeyes are. Asking when are we going to get this guy on the field? Um, you can see from the press conference that there's probably probably going to be more of an effort to at least make sure that these younger guys, some of these guys who um, you know have the talent to be able to break through and play, get on the field, gain some of that experience, and can help us this season and yeah. hopefully um, moving forward to the next season. And then that the, the the offensive line position, man. I think I think everything's starting to round out to form for this uh-huh. team in terms of who's going to be the starters. Who's going to be in that two deep? A lot of depth across the board, but that quarterback position, um, you know, a lot of people expected uh, Day to have a decision made. I didn't, <laughs> you know. I, <laughs> I mentioned before that you know it's likely to uh, leak into the season, but it, it goes to show that you know there's two guys competing at a high level. Um, both guys have shown enough to show that they, based on what Day is saying, both guys have shown enough to show that they can play the position. They could be the starter. So hopefully, um, regardless of who emerges, you know that you have two guys who actually can can get behind center and get it done. So that's also a, a key aspect of everything here. Yeah, and Coach Day did. I I, I, I listened to the press conference, every word of it, and it was, it was a while. Like they, basically, he stated that first. Like first thing he stated is like, look, this is, we still got competition at quarterback. We're really not making a decision. So essentially, as long as Coach Day was in front of the press, was for about like 45 minutes or so, you know, basically everything kind of just circled around that decision and how did you kind of come up with it and, and what does that mean? What does that mean for you, Coach, that, that you that, that that you have two quarterbacks? And he tried to – he did. He kept things pretty positive on basically like, hey, look, uh, even a guy asked him, hey, like, hey, most people say if you got two quarterbacks, you got no quarterback. And, mm-hmm. and then he kind of had a funny spill on, you know, if you got Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, you got two quarterbacks. And, you know, he kind of kept it light. Right there, but he just really wanted to kind of point out, and I think he was trying to really make an emphasis that both guys have done enough that they deserve to see some playing time. And so, you know, obviously, I, if you take it just one week back, he kind of had a kind of a different tone where he was kind of more or less reflecting on the fact that he felt that no guy had done enough to kind of separate themselves from the other guy. Um, but obviously, now that now cap is kind of over and we're kind of starting in, you know, we're a few days away from actually, from actual game week. Uh, you know, you want to, you know, build confidence in your guys. Hey, 
You did these things well. These are things you did good. These are things you did not go do, do so well. These are things you need to work on. And we're going to take that into the season and see how things goes. Coach Dave, like I say, kept in the light, just being transparent. He even went as far to say that, you know, he reached out, you know, he got into the, all the you know, coaches meet all the time, right? Got him to the meeting with the coaches and have everybody vote. <laughs> everybody, <laughs> all the coaches staff, you vote. What is your thought on who should be the starting quarterback uh, for Ohio State this season, which is, Oh, that's a little unique. And he basically, he didn't, obviously, he didn't go with a result. So he just said, you know, both guys received votes. And in and his head, he kind of went the way he thought it would go. And due to that, it's kind of just helped him, I guess, solidify his decision that, like, we need to let these guys get into the season before we, you know, we set anything in stone. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you don't you don't know until you go against the opposite color jersey at this point. Um, if they're truly this close, like, if, if a competition is this close, it's hard to really know until you get into real live game action. So, and, and thinking about how this actually plays out, I think, you know, you probably go into week two, week three of the season. Um, playing against guys, let's be honest, playing against guys we should be, right? Um, right? That you could take a little bit of risk and be able to identify who, out of these two guys, who do I want to lead the charge moving forward? So you mentioned you mentioned the, the question by uh, Tim May and that if you have Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, then you have two quarterbacks. But the reality is, you never get a Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers if they're truly a quarterback competition because they would never be able to develop into Tom Brady. <laughs> You'll never be able to develop into Aaron Rodgers if they're yeah. not on the field being able to play. So I think when you put these two guys on the field and let them compete against other uh, competition, you get to see, you know, what, what do they look like? And you also get to start projecting, okay, what can they become? Like can Devin Brown – uh, continue to improve every week to be who we need to be down the stretch. Can Kyle McCord continue to get better and make some tweaks here and there to be who we need him to be when we go play Wisconsin on the road? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's, <laughs> right. that's what you're looking for. I mean, you want to win these games early. You need a guy who can, who can get it done now, but you need a guy who can continue to develop into the guy you need him to be when you go face uh, Michigan at Michigan, right? So that's, that's you know, I, I don't envy Day <laughs> and making the decision. <laughs> But that's the decision that has to be made. You have to make a decision for now, who can win games now, and who can become who you need him to, to be, become to give you the best chance to win down the road. Right. And this, whenever there's a situation like this, obviously there's, there's some minuses to it, but there's always some positive to it as well, right? So going into this, you know, we don't have to uh, – and this is more of an internet thing or a media thing, you know, just really dive in and, and pick and critique – you know, whoever was named the starter. So, example, let's say Kamala was named the starter, and he goes out against Indiana, and he throws, let's say he have a, a, a decent game. He goes 15 to 27, 225, two touchdowns, yeah. one interception. So, just like kind of just a, a right-in-the-middle type of game. Right. And then what's going to happen the, the the first day, you know, right after the game, the, the questions are going to start dispewing in. We need to see Devin Brown. We got to pick Devin Brown out there. We need to see what we have in him before we lose on type of deal. So, you know, doing it this way, I, I feel like it, there's a lot of positive, especially, um, you know, with, be honest with the, the the way college football is now. You know, a guy gets upset. He don't feel like he got a fair shake. He's in the transfer portal right away. And if both guys, once again, has not put away from the other, why not? Get on to the season and let's do this a little bit more. Do it. On the bright lights, um, on some Saturdays, and let's see what we truly have in these guys. And I feel like, you know, obviously this is a decision Coach Day made. Um, as we know, as great as C.J. Stroud was, 
There was a lot of rumbling behind him when he first started. Um, yeah, should yeah. we see the next guy? We might want to see the next guy because he's we want Kyle McCord. Uh, yeah, we want Kyle McCord, and and please throw him out there. And you know that's kind of that's that's the that's just how things go. So we're gonna get to see both guys in the bright lights, um, and we'll see how the team plays from there. But a thing that me and you was talking about that's that we've been talking about, you know, even though that the competition is going into the season. We feel that you know this Ohio State team is really set up to play a different style of ball than we've been seeing the last couple of years out of Ohio State and a Ryan Day's offense, where you know big pass plays all over the field, um, this explosion. Basically, you could just count the team scoring uh, against lesser opponents, 60, 70 points, a good good opponents, twenty five, you know, thirty points, you know, and that's kind of what we've been seeing. But as we were speaking, that we just feel that in general, this team needs to play a little bit different with playing uh behind running the ball, behind yeah. their offensive line, um, and just kind of built in that. So what's what's your thoughts on that on on, you know, not having the guy, you know, what we should we be looking for there? Yeah, and I I think it it becomes interesting. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because Ryan Day is a, a quarterback coach, right? He's the quarterback guru. Well, I'll I'll call him the quarterback guru. I don't know if anybody <laughs> else calls him that. Um, and then you have a, a offensive coordinator, a guy who we played with, Brian Hartline, who was a receiver, right? Um, right. and you have a ton of talented receivers. Start from the top and go all the way to the bottom of the depth chart. I don't know what walk-ons they got, but I'm pretty sure those guys can play too. Um, however. When you look at the the way the team is built, you look at the depth at running back. Um, you got the 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 fact that you got two quarterbacks coming into it, and, and you want them to kind of gradually improve to become who you want to become over you know over over the time of the year. You have a defense that should be a veteran defense, right? Um, guys who emerged last year are back this year. Eichenberg, um, Lathan Ransom, you got guys like Josh Proctor. Who I feel like have been here. Um, you know, since 2012 at this point, right? But so, I mean, you just have a lot of depth in the, and you got to play to your strengths, I think. And I, and I think offensively, um, being able to lean on the run would be a big help. Regardless of how all the talent you have a receiver, um, if you can lean on the, the run and establish your identity there and be able to control the line of scrimmage, I think that approach throughout the season puts you in a good position. One thing about having a CJ Stroud level, uh, quarterback and all the explosive plays and all the great receivers on the outside. And sometimes that covers up a lot of mistakes. And, and right. it's human nature sometimes to, you know, win 65 to 30 and think, oh, yeah, we just blew this team out. Well, you gave them 30 points. You know what I'm saying? You gave them 30 <laughs> points doing it. Um, and, you know, I'm thinking back to when I played, like, we'd never, you know, you we you can't score more than 17 points on this. Or it's a, it's a bad game. It's a horrible yeah. game. I don't care how much we beat the team. <laughs> we you score more than seventeen points. We put we did not put ourselves in a position defensively to go win that game, and that's the mentality and mindset that needs to be carried from day one all the way. And then if one of those quarterbacks emerge, one of those quarterbacks become, you know, the guy that you hope they can become um, midway through the season, then that's just the icing on the cake. And now we know we have the guys defensively, offensively. We could we could beat you running the ball. We could beat you hard nosed football, and we could take you up top. And that's yeah. that's the type of team that could, will be um, well positioned to go win it all. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. And so yeah, so you know, there's no secret. Our offensive tackles are inexperienced. Let's put it, you know, just play. We just we said that coming out of competition. That means that you know we didn't know who the guys were at the start of the season. We have a transfer coming in. 
Um, we have a guy uh, at right tackle who's basically played a decent amount of ball, but you know he's never was that guy on a week to week basis. And now we're talking about quarterbacks who essentially going into the season we just still don't know who those guys are. When we start talking about our running back room, we know who these guys are. <laughs> we, know. we know Travion Henderson. We know Mayan Williams. We've seen the things that Dylan Hayden could do uh, as a true freshman coming in once those guys get nicked up. We've seen this closest type of player Evan Pryor has been uh, before having an injury. We've seen Chip go out there and just get some tough yards in a very tough situation when everyone knows that they're running the ball. So it's it's to me, that's what you do. As, a, as an offensive lineman who's been there, Played, been there, came in as a position, uh, starting position from competition, played with quarterbacks with less experience. You run the ball. <laughs> That's yeah. what makes everything easier for the whole program and for the whole spiel. You just run the ball. You be dominant up front. You let your offensive tackles get settled into games. You help your quarterbacks out by running the ball to the fact that they have to put extra guys in the boxes and everything as an offense is just easier uh, from there. So that's what I expect to see out this offense. That's what I want to see out this offense. And then obviously, you know, when we get those chances, we got some monsters on the outside that we always could take a shot with when you start talking about Marcin Harrison and uh, Emeka on the outside and, you know, all the things that they could do. Uh, but to me, if you want to be good, if you want to be playing um, in January now, right, in, in the playoffs and uh, in that national championship competition, you run the ball first, you figure out what you have there, you get really good at it, you start to run the ball in any situation, know you better get there, dominate in the trenches, and that's just going to open up everything else. And then once again on that defense, everybody always joke about us, you know, we start talking about trestle ball, right, yeah. and how trestle ball was so boring, man. Uh, they, you guys ran the same three or four plays as an offense and, and things of that nature. And, you know, we, we had a lot of talented guys, but we could have been doing this. We should have been maybe doing these things to, you know, that's how the time was kind of turning. But once again, once we got up by 20 points <laughs> as a head of Ohio State, is it? there was no worry that this team is coming back. It, it, with our defense, the way those guys played, their mentality, we up by 20 we could just run this clock out because there's no way these guys will get 20 points in general, let alone we're up by 20. So we felt very confident as taking the air out the ball in those situations and just kind of running the clock out because we knew what we had on the other side of the ball. We knew who those guys were. And we felt if the game pace has changed and we had to score more points to be in the game, yeah, that's let's, let's go. Let's try to do it. Let's go now. But we knew what our defense was going to be week in and week out that silver bullet defense that was going to be very stingy about giving up a first down. You give a big, a big play. Someone is going to throw, someone's going to blow a gasket. So you go have a big play. So we understood that as a team, when Trestle spoke to us as a team, this is what we focus on. We're going to be a mistake free opportunistic offense. That would be always used to say, yeah. let's not lose it on offensive side of the ball because we know our defense is going to go out here and keep us in it. So, um, you know, that's what our spew was on things, and that's how we thought about it. And I feel like this team needs to, a little bit of that page, right? A little bit of that page of we play in the trenches, we play great defense, and we win games in that manner. Yeah, let me take you through our, our mindset defensively when we play. So uh, I remember we played Penn State at home. I forget, I think it may have been 2009 or something. It was a, it was the game where it was rainy. It was like 10 to 7 most of the game or something crazy. We we had the game one. Terrell, we, we had it to execute the quarterback sneak and Terrell uh, fumbled the ball. It's crazy because, you know, we had that fumble 
and that ultimately, you know, led to them um, being able to, to to win the game. But that whole week, my mindset was, you know, there was a play where there was a miscommunication between me and Kirk Coleman, and we gave up like, oh, like a twenty-five yard pass or something. Mm. And to me, that lost us the game. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> it's the, the the thing is, and it, it didn't. You know, if you think about it, you know what I'm saying? The whole game, that 25 yard pass in like the third quarter, it wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Like that wasn't that big of a deal. But I remember that play to this day. And to me, if you if you say the Penn State game, I'm thinking like, dang, that's when we had the miscommunication. We gave 25 yards and that lost this game. Like that's that's my that's how I was wired. And is and but the thing about it, the reason I bring it up is because. We would never have that miscommunication again for the rest of that season. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> right. that, to me, that was such that's such a big mistake that it would never happen again. Right? <laughs> Either the coaches would, would never would make sure we're never in that, that situation again. And if we were in that situation again, there's no way we would have the miscommunication. And if it was close, I'm calling out Kurt's name and saying, Hey, you stay with him, I'm stay with this guy, and it will never happen again. I remember. When we played, they played Toledo last year, early in the year. There was a deep pass. The first, the first touchdown Toledo had, it went across. Yeah. It went like a cover two. The safety on the backside didn't get enough depth and to help out the corner. And then you go against the Georgia, and you saw the, the receiver get on Eichenberg down the shoot. And if that safety, backside safety got depth, um, then he would have been able to break up that pass as well. The only reason I bring that up is because is that type of detail of remembering like okay this happened to us early in the year mm-hmm. how do we eliminate this type of play throughout the year it may not look it may not come at us the same way or whatever but you know a veteran defense is able to identify okay how do we mess, mess up what are our mistakes what what could have been a mistake it may not have even been a big play but yeah. what could have been a mistake and how do we address it now so that it never happens again and i think you know the the defense we talked about the depth. Um, you had a lot of guys back. You have a veteran defense. I mean, this is the year, year two of Jim Knowles' uh, scheme, and also guys who have been in the program for at least a couple years understand the defense, have the talent. Right? It's bigger than coaching at this point. Right. It's being able to be connected and have the level of, of of competition that says we don't give up nothing. We're not giving up anything. And I think, you know, that mentality from day one, you know, they talked about them focusing on fighting and competing and those things, uh, which I think is the is, is situation. The right win the situations. And winning the situation and being able as a defense to have the connectivity. You know, that's that's I remember we talked about it a few podcasts ago, and I was like, how come some of these these teams that have really high power offenses don't necessarily have the same level of de- they can never match it on defense? And I think what happens is when you score a lot of points and you, you cover up a lot of stuff, um, defenders don't take it. Like some of these small things that happen, they don't take it as personal. They don't be, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I, I think that has to change this year. I think their approach and the way I'm seeing them being coached, I'm the way they're talking about it, I think it is being something that's being harped on this year. But they have to be a stingy defense. And they have to be a defense that is is very connected, and they understand. I know what the linebacker is doing as a corner. He knows what I'm doing, and we're not giving up anything. Um, and I think you know if they play like that this year, I think we 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 see the silver bullets 
that we right. we we want to see and that we we've been proud of as a as 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 um you know uh, former Buckeyes. Well, as former Buckeyes, yeah. And then once again, that's in our mind. We we get into the season, and once again, Coach Day had his press conference, and he said, "Our quarterbacks, we got two of them. They're both good enough to play." Now that we have got to that decision, that's what we're doing as a unit. This is what we feel needs to happen so we can still have that successful year that we've all been looking for and planning for once again to be always in the, in the playoffs, beat Michigan, win that national championship. So uh, we also wanted to shout out uh, that uh, it was announced that the teams had selected their captains. And we talk about guys that have been in the program for a while. That's all we have here. We have Tommy Eckenberg. Kay Stover, Xavier Johnson, guys that's been in the program four or five years, all going into their senior year. They was named the captains of the team. First time in a while that we have three captains. We used to kind of name it out about six, usually six actually over the last handful of years. But Coach Day spoke to that and said, this is what we're doing. The older guys in the in the building that, that know this program and been here the longest, they're going to lead the team. And also Xavier Johnson was named. Uh, the black old player. So usually they, I don't know, sometimes they switch their number to zero. I don't know if he's actually doing that or not, but that basically means that's the, the guy, the guy that we want to build. <laughs> he's the guy that has made the, the grit, the toughness, made the sacrifices for the team over the years that we want to kind of highlight. So kudos to those guys coming over to the, the captain's table uh, to lead this team. Our 23-2024 Buckeyes. So good luck to those guys and good luck to the season. Obviously, like I said, we're about 12 days away from kickoff. Um, so essentially this week, I'm sure the guys will get a little bit of rest. And then come Monday, it, it'll be game week. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so looking forward to it. So, once again, want to shout out our sponsors at Bet Online. Uh, this is Believe in Buckeyes with Brian Browning and Chimby Chekwa. And we'll catch you guys next time. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. OH. Ayo. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.